Hey guys, this is uh, Stuart Wellington, uh, and I am here to welcome you to <laughs> Till Death Do Us Party, a podcast uh, where the two of us talk about the band Def Leppard. Uh, I'm Stuart Wellington, and joining me as usual is Dr. Def himself. I'm Alex Mr. Smith. Alex Smith. Hey, I'm Alex, Alex Smith. I get to say it twice, too, because you got to say it twice. Uh-huh. Yep. I'm doing great, man. So you're good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, doing. You you actually have some uh, so uh, uh, partners. That's what we call <laughs> Def Leppard fans and fans of this podcast. Partners, howdy partners. Uh, we have some. Wait. Howdy partners. We have some big news. Can Can uh, I start a sub? Alex, a do you sub, want to share your? Can I start a sub podcast called Howdy Partners, where I just answer? Howdy partners. Where I just answer all of the mail that we get from all of the from all of the partners. Because right now we, I think that's a, right now we get too much mail and there's too much for us to talk about for us to have a mail segment. Our saddlebags are a bursting, yeah, with mail from you partners. But yeah. uh, before we get into our mailbag segment, or the saddlebags as we call it here at <laughs> Till Death Do Us Party, uh, I wanted to talk the about sa- some big the news. saddlebags. Uh, Doctor Def, uh, you have some big news to share with us. What happened to you this past week? Uh, well. Let's see. Let me go through my week. Uh, let's see. I worked mostly on Monday, and then uh, let's see. Mm-hmm. But, uh, Tuesday, yeah. Just, That's not just what I'm talking about. Too. Work too. Wednesday, did some work, and also took uh, my girlfriend Franny out for her birthday, and uh, and then asked her to marry me, and she said yes. And then Thursday, I went back to work, um, but I was feeling pretty. I was feeling pretty hungover because we had a big night the night before where. Again, like I said, I asked Franny to marry me, and she said yes. And then, uh, mm-hmm. and then Friday night we had a big birthday party for Franny. Um, and then, uh, and then let's see, Sunday was Valentine's Day, which was yesterday. So that was that was fun. We drank some beer in bed and watched Nine Hundred Two One Zero. It sounds very romantic. And uh, I mean, before any of you partners out there go and tear your hair and rend your garments because Doctor Def is off the market. <laughs> Uh, never fear. He's still a great dude, and we're all very happy for him. Whoa. Uh, I'm so, I'm sorry, Stuart, but the our connection cut out there for a second. I didn't hear what you just said. I, I said we're all really happy about your impending nuptials. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. And I think the most exciting thing about it is the fact that uh, I'm sh- we're starting today. We're taking up a collection to get Joe and the rest of the British band. That's Def Leppard to, for all you partners out there. We're going to start taking uh, up a collection to get the British band to play the your boys wedding from festivities. Sheffield? Yeah, the boys from Sheffield. They're going to play a special wedding set. And I think right now is the perfect time for us to do a little bit of blue skying, a little okay. bit of barn burning, yeah. and come up with an idea for what that set list is going to be like, what the the the... The Sheffield band, what their set list is going to look like. So we're going to be in Louisville, Kentucky, which is the home of Dr. Def. Yeah. And Def Leppard is going to fly in on their giant Union Jack plane. Yep. And they're, they're going to get say, off that hello, plane. America. And they're, yep, they're going to say, hello, America, and they're going to play a set list of songs. Now, for those of you who have never heard Def Leppard before or are following <laughs> Def Leppard just using this podcast, which is insane... <laughs> You might not understand all the song titles that Alex is about to list because he's going to talk about his dream wedding set list. So, really? for instance, there's going to be 
There's you're yeah, s- you're gonna talk about it right now. All right, you're spraying <laughs> so this on be, me, man. Yeah, so there's gonna be that opening song for this when might the change in the next few out. months. Oh, okay, okay, all right, all right, gotcha. This is not a legally binding podcast. Um, okay. So you're gonna there's gonna be the let me go down some of the things you're gonna the moments you're gonna have to cover. So okay. they're gonna have to play a song when you guys. Uh, when they introduce you as husband and wife to the reception. Okay. Uh, they're going to have to play a song for the uh, father-daughter dance. That's where Franny would dance with her father. Ah, yes. Of course, they're going to have to play a song where you dance with your mom, and people are like, is this weird? And then they're going to have to play like a couple of slow numbers, definitely a first dance. Yeah. Uh, that's between you and Franny, your sure. uh, betrothed. And then they're going to have to play a couple songs to get everybody warmed up, and then a couple songs to get everybody cooled down, and maybe throw in a couple to your grandma out there as well. <laughs> okay. Are you going to go through those again? Uh, yeah, or, so let's uh, let's start. So you want to uh, pick each one? Yeah, so uh, I don't care. I don't give a shit. Uh, whatever, however you feel, what makes you feel okay. comfortable, because this is all about you. This is your special day we're talking about. Cause I know so, I know I want them to play. I know while we're eating the cake, I know I know I want them to play "Love Bites." Uh, that makes perfect sense because you're gonna be taking bites and you're in love. Yep, yep. Uh, so love bites during the the initial first uh, sharing of the cake. Yeah. Um, are you gonna smush the cake in her face? Because girls love that. Yeah, they do. That's really. I always laugh so hard when I see that happen at a wedding. <laughs> yeah. When they, so when the cake that's why I bring happens, an extra. Yeah, I usually pack a second pair of underpants when I go to weddings <laughs> because sometimes I laugh so hard, I do a little pee. Yep. And I don't want to be wet for the rest of the night. So you just change them in the, the bathroom, throw the old pair away. You don't need those. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's why you got married right next to a pool is so people could yeah. just jump jump right into the pool uh, yeah. in, in, in case they peed themselves having fun at the reception. <laughs> yep. That's normally what happens when I normally pee myself. I quickly look around the room and I say, is there a swimming pool in this room? <laughs> if so, if the answer is yes, of course I follow that, that branch to its natural conclusion, which is I jump in the pool. Mm-hmm. If the answer is no, of course I run to the nearest bathroom. I pull out the spare underpants I keep in my pocket and I swap those for the dirty ones. And I throw the dirty ones away. <laughs> Rich man, just throwing those away. You don't put a, you don't keep yeah. a Kroger bag with you to stuff them in there. And... A urine-soaked Kroger bag. <laughs> uh, you want to, you want to repeat that? Make sure that sounds normal to you. Hey, listen, I don't. I'm not Mr. Megabucks over here. I'm Doctor Deaf. There's not a lot of, yep. there's not a lot of money in the academic <laughs> Deaf Leopard world. So if I soil myself in a, at a wedding or at a reception or something, I've got to hang on to those. Those underpants. We, we're de- we definitely, so I might need we're them definitely starting to sound like a pair of discarded Steely Dan song titles, <laughs> Dr. Death and Mr. Megabucks. <laughs> okay, Dr. Death, right. Alex. Uh, so yeah. we have, what song do you want to be, do you want to be introduced to your reception to have Def Leppard play for your, your assembled guests? There's got to be what, uh, like? 3,000 people here? How many people Introduced are at the reception? I mean, I think, okay, so if Franny and I are coming out, um, yeah. I think that she should come out first. <laughs> oh, uh, wow, okay. She should come out first to, uh, let's say, women. Perfect. We'll get into that she'll in come more out, detail in a moment. Yeah, she'll come out to women, and then I'll come out right after her to the song Two Steps Behind. 
Clever girl. <laughs> is what they say in the movie uh, Jurassic Park. <laughs> uh, then let's get rocked will play, and that'll get everybody amped up, pumped up for the yep. uh, for the reception festivities. Okay. Um, if so, what about what about when she has her dance with her dad? Uh, that's tough. When she has her dance with her dad, personal property. <laughs> that's a pretty good one. Personal property, uh, or. Um, Sounds like my cats are having a fight in the background. Or make love like a man, just because her, <laughs> her, her, her dad will be will be passing along the message to me that I need to love her like a man. Uh, what the <laughs> hell sound are, are your cats making? My cats are having a huge fight. Oh, wow. This is the craziest they've ever fought. The gods you of war. You heard it here first, listeners. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> That's nuts. <laughs> They're going crazy. Okay, so uh uh Billy's got a gun. What's that? Is that gonna be you dancing with your mom? <laughs> sure. Why not? I want a good long one <laughs> for when me and my mom are dancing. Uh That's I'm usually sure everybody's favorite lo- part of every <laughs> wedding yeah. reception. I'm sure she's gonna Is have a lot to say to me at that uh-huh. point. So I'm I, I wanna give her a good long song. So it'll be Billy's Got a Gun or Gods of War, speaking of that song. Um sure. or uh <laughs> Uh, let's see. Um, I, I do, I do think that, uh, me and Franny's first dance song will have to be stand up, kick love into motion. Cause that is, mm-hmm. it's a very, uh, very important song for my heart. Is that why every centerpiece on every table is going to feature a box of tissues so people can dab the tears that are mm-hmm. streaming from their eyes? Yep. Because they're going to see us dancing to stand up, kick love into motion. Oh, when we come down the aisle. When, or when Franny mm-hmm. is coming down the aisle toward me. Uh, I okay, think so song... this is before the reception. This is during the yeah, actual sorry, ceremony. Sorry, yeah, yeah. I just, I'm just probably kinda... in a church of some kind. Um, eh, I don't know. No commitments Maybe. yet. Okay, we don't, we don't have to determine this. I think it'll be in an abandoned factory. Uh, oh, okay. That perhaps that makes uh, guitars that light up or something. Um, That'd be amazing. Uh, something with a lot of steam. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think yeah, like when some kind hate, of like a factory that at one point only created sparks. Yes, exactly, exactly. Uh, I think uh, when when Franny is walking towards me down the aisle, it'll be when love and hate collide. That'll be the okay. song. Um, are there any are, are there any other ones? We I think we've covered a lot of the a lot of the big things. Yeah, there. I would I would imagine that the uh, the. Like at the the high point, the climax of the reception, when like grandma's dancing, all <laughs> the, the little kids are dancing, reception. people are yeah, going sure. ape shit. That's sure. when you play Armageddon. It like when I danced with your mom to Dancing on the Ceiling at your wedding reception. Uh, the, yeah, the, exactly. That, that, that kind was, of that kind of peak. That's the when people write me letters and tell me about my wedding. That's what they refer to as the climax. <laughs> right. <laughs> See, everything else is downhill um, after that. Let's see, what should be the... Well, I mean, another song we're going to talk about tonight, uh, Rocket, is, uh, yeah. is, something with a, is something with a very festive feel. It's got these, uh, it's got these big drums and, uh, and a long sort of uh, long interlude of, uh, 
of just sounds that's and experiences. That would be a good. That'd be a good one for people to like just dance around to. I think. Okay, so that'll be part of the set list. Yeah, um, trying to. I'm sure I'll think of other. I'm sure I'll think of other songs that we can add to the the set list. But I mean, of of the of the ones that we've discussed most recently, I, I, not many of them. Uh, match the mood i'm you know the the vibe i'd be going for at my wedding the at a, earlier, at a wedding, darker yeah. the you know the darker sort of lost joe elliott uh i'm not sure i i'm not sure i want that soul coming to us yeah you don't want to summon that day. kind of a spirit yeah 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 though i though i'd be happy to hear any any of the songs that if they just showed up and said listen this is what you're gonna get um I'd, I'd be happy just to I'd be happy to have them there yeah if they showed up and were like we're only gonna play b-sides you'd be like well that's better than the a-sides of any other band so yeah perfect I'm not gonna uh, listen I'm not gonna kick Def Leppard out of my wedding okay like if yeah, they exactly. were to just show up if they showed up and said you know what we don't even really want to play any Def Leppard songs I, that wouldn't be ideal for me, but I certainly wouldn't uh, wouldn't like kick them out. Or if like Def Leppard called you up and they're like, uh, "I hate to ask you this, but do you mind helping? Us? You have a car. Do you mind helping us move tomorrow?" <laughs> You'd be like, "Yeah, I would totally help Def Leppard move. That would be awesome. Actually, that would suck. That would probably suck in, in for anybody. Like any." That's the last thing you would want to do for one of the last things is, you'd want to do for your idol. Um, is uh, help super successful world famous band Def Leppard move? Yeah. Well, they say they say don't meet your they say you don't meet your idols. And that's uh -huh. probably true in a lot of instances. But imagine combining that awkward meeting with your idol with also having to help them get like a bookcase down an awkward flight of stairs or something. Like, I, I just think that would be, uh -huh. that'd be even worse. Um, so yep. I, I say no, thanks. I'll say no, thanks on that, yep. but they can come to my wedding. Okay. Uh, we'll are they going to we'll have set to aside dress a table up for or them can they no wear, are, yeah, I mean, are they going to have to dress up or can Phil and Viv just wear vests and no shirt underneath? Oh, I want yeah. That's what I want. I want uh, I want stage. I mean, stage. I guess that might that might be the dress code at your wedding. I don't know for sure yet. Def Leppard stage attire is going to be the dress code at my <laughs> leather vest. Uh, you're going to be dressed up as Joe Elliott, so you're going to be wearing some kind of a animal print uh, trench coat. Yep. Yep. Uh, that sounds great. I, I want I want you to dress like Sab, so you're going to have like full leather. But with short pants and uh, and and some chucks on, sounds great. Yeah, that's part of my Wednesday collection. <laughs> that's what I wear the middle of each week. Um, so we'll. I'm sure we're going to revisit this talk topic when we get this, closer to the date. This taco topic. Yep, taco topics. Uh, that's and so what we're going to be doing is we are about to start. Uh, talking about Def Leppard's uh, huge album, album number four from the ba Boys from Sheffield, the English band. A little album called, yep, the English band. Uh, it's an album called Hysteria. 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 Sorry, my cats are making crazy noises again, and I was just oh. watching them. 
so let's talk about they're, hysteria. They're, when they're did this psyched album up for come hysteria. Out? This album came yeah, out. Yeah, of course. This album came out in 1987. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was going on in the world in 1987, oh, Alex? Oh, man, what wasn't going on in the world in 1987? It was the end of the Reagan years. Um, it was the... Uh, it was the high 80s. Man, there was so much stuff going on. Um, so, uh, can you just let's start talking about this album cover, Alex? The album cover for Hysteria. Real quick, before we do that, let me um, let me run sure. through because we we are uh, we're talking about a trilogy of albums. Remember? Okay. So we've we've discussed over the course of the last few episodes, we've discussed High and Dry and Pyromania. The past, mm-hmm. the previous two Def Leppard albums. Now, High and Dry, uh, if, as our listeners who've been with us from the beginning will remember, was uh, was where we found Joe Elliott, Joe, our our lead singer of Def Leppard, Joe Elliott. Uh, High and Dry is basically um, the the concept of that album is it's him against the world, it's him against society, uh, it's Joe against obligations and relationships with women. It, uh, that album ends with him running far, far away from civilization and from relationships and from the feeling of having to do anything for anybody else. It's a very like antisocial, rebellious, young, uh, you know, fiery dude album. And then uh, Pyromania starts, and we find... We, 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 we find Joe. Which isn't a Fiery Dude album. Uh, it's, it's fiery, but it's got a chill. Okay. It's the, uh, it's high, and dry, nice. high and Dry, the fire is self-sustaining. Pyromania is almost Joe looking for the fire. Do you know what I mean? Okay. Like he's, yeah, yeah. Like, like, it's, uh, like he's obsessed with finding that heat again. Because we find him in a heightened but desolate reality. Uh, and Joe is this barker for like some seedy carnival orgy, as we talked about. And over the course of the songs of Pyromania, Joe descends further and further down into darkness, committing acts yeah. of vandalism, uh, begging someone to shock his balls at one point. Uh, sure. And then, uh, and then Pyromania ends with Joe betraying us. He fi- he turns his back on us. The last, the last person there listening to him, the listener, uh, and Joe in the song Billy got a, Billy's got a gun. He allows us to be shot in the street while he nihilistically mm-hmm. just like romanticizes the man Billy who shoots us. And as the album closes, you, the listener, lie in a pool of your own blood as a crowd gathers, and as Joe does nothing about it. So the big questions as you reach out to grab the album Hysteria are where are we going? Can Joe be redeemed after all of this? After turning his back on everyone, including us? Sure. Are we dead at this point in this, in the quote unquote story, you know, in the musical story? Uh, And, and where can Def Leppard now take us after they've taken us on this journey so far? So that's what, that's what you're thinking about. And let's uh, let's grab the record and, and see what. Yeah, at this point we've sampled all the earthly delights. Yeah, what more is there in heaven and hell that Def Leppard can reveal to us? Uh, and I think the beginning, I think Hysteria is going to kind of show us some of that. So how does? Uh, let's talk about the album cover for a second. Of course, Alex. 
Yeah. One of the most iconic album covers of music album history. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and Or history spelled with a Y, like hysteria. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. You're welcome. There you go, buddy. Nice one. Mm-hmm. All yeah. right. So um, when, we're, when we're looking at it, we see a few things. We see a few callbacks. Uh, okay. On this on this album immediately that are that are important. One of them is the album says right at the top, Def Leppard. That's <laughs> yep. a callback to their earlier that's, albums. That's a callback to the previous albums, which had the same band name at the top of them. Uh, so yeah, you've got the you got the standard red and uh, and orange uh, Def Leppard sort of fire logo with the letters all in a row, but. Uh, Reaching the peak of the E and the P at the same at the same sort of pinnacle point, you also have mm-hmm. the triangle, which you may remember from the DL three, the Delta Lambda three logo that we saw yep. at the be- that we saw on the album on through the night, and that is a popular like patch logo that they use just sort of as an icon on uh, on patches and on buttons and on uh, I think their Twitter account profile is the delta lambda three um which had the words def leopard inside that triangle but there's no words inside the triangle now the triangle is burst all the way out of it yeah and there's and there's no that none of the letters are poking through the triangle so the triangle is now solid it's uh okay which which is um i think kind of uh meant to make you feel a little claustrophobic like you're contained in something Uh, oh yeah that makes sense also, look at the very middle of the album cover, Stuart. What do you what do you see right there in the very middle? Looks like another bullseye, another a little little target from like a sniper scope. A scope sight, yes. Uh, a much smaller than the one on on Pyromania, but it is there, and it is uh, it's giving you the same sense of um, you know, uh, it gives you a sense that you are somewhere, that you are looking at something, but that there's also like some kind of violent action happening and that you're per- perhaps the one, you know, committing it or, or, or whatever. It's from your vantage point. Uh, so it's mm-hmm. a it's a very emotional thing to, to, to look at something and see like uh, the it's the, that you're looking through the sniper scope at something. It makes you it puts you on edge a little bit. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Now, uh, outside of all of that, so those are those are some, like, references to prior Def Leppard uh, album covers and, uh, and artwork that sure, they've had. Sure, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's, there's a face in the middle. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a little bit... That's underneath the triangle... And its color shifts underneath the triangle, so it's like a kind of yeah. affected by that triangle. But the face is doing a, like kind of a like a double exposure thing. Is that right? Is that what that's called? When um, I th- I'm gonna I'm gonna assume you're right on this one. It looks like the face is like shaking around super fast. Yeah, like in the Saw movies or something. When when you see uh when they when the sh- uh, I don't know like uh. When somebody's moving around so fast that you see that they're looking forward at the same time that they're looking to the side, and obviously that's meant to kind of reflect the album title hysteria, uh, the 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 feeling of of you know of, of mania of, of of going crazy. Um, yep. And then uh, around that, 
around all of that is this kind of Tron or uh, Borg-esque, like, uh, cyber computer I think this lines. I think this predates the Borg, my friend. Well, yeah, but it probably inspired the Borg because it if clearly you, inspired the Borg. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if you look, if you look at some of the, all right, so it's like it's like circuitry lines or Tron lines or like it's like these, mm-hmm. it's these uh, kind of neon looking but computer. Uh, I think computer generated. This album art was the. This was one of the first albums to have uh, computer generated graphics on it. Um, you're, I think you're right on that. But the the lines go right onto the face. And and so it's like the it's like this circuitry or something is grabbing hold of this person and twisting their their yeah it's all these hard edges and um, angles and yet the organic components are like trapped inside of it yes uh, and the spirit is is trapped inside of it the, the, yeah there's there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of emotional quality in how the person is rendered so it makes you think that there's a spirit trapped in there um color wise we're seeing some uh, parallels to pyromania mm-hmm. a lot of reds and yellows a little bit of cool colors as well in the background yep and a very creepy green there's like yeah. a green that uh <clears throat> that that is on the on the person's face and uh and reflected in some of the circuitry lines uh-huh. um that probably it, that probably represents money Mm-hmm. Or or newness or nature. Oh, okay, those are I'm, those are usually. I'm gonna argue, that's why I'm gonna argue it represents nature, and then and then hysteria is written in a font that we haven't seen before. In fact, a a, a very like striking, different kind of chaotic, natural, um, almost looks like it's smeared paint or something at the bottom. Uh, a very like a very kinetic design for the word hysteria. Whereas usually, usually the um, album titles have been written in a, in a more, you know, uh, in a more typeset font. Mm-hmm. No, this is definitely, uh, this definitely reflects the qualities of the album title. This almost feels like a crazy person is scrawling this in their own bodily fluids. Yeah. It's crazy. It's absolutely, it looks crazy. Uh, I'm not sure, and we'll, I mean, we'll, we'll get into this. I, I'd, I'd like to set a little note for ourselves once, because I'm, because I'm okay. curious about this and I've had different feelings about this at different times. I'd like to come back to the album cover and discuss at some point if it reflects the nature of, of the album itself, how well it actually like communicates what's going on. Yeah. Well, inside, I'll, I'll write that down. Album. I'll write that down in the show notes, and we'll uh, get back to that when we after we when we're wrapping up this album. It it totally reflects the word hysteria really well. Okay, but, so if I were to pull up a Webster's dictionary, this picture would show up. <laughs> yep. Yeah, they don't even define hysteria anymore in dictionaries. They just show you this image. Yeah. Uh, as, if I as, was going to text somebody and be like, "You're being hysteria." I there would be an emoji of this image. This you're album being cover. you're being hysteria. Yes, <laughs> you, you yeah. You go down to your emoticon uh, keyboard and you click most recent and you pick the first <laughs> one, which is Def Leppard's hysteria. Yeah, because it gets uh, the most use. Yep. Now, uh, th- I, I will say this album was uh, initially when they started recording this album, it was going to be called Animal Instinct. Mm-hmm. And I think the 
I think the album cover would have been very, very different if the album had been called Animal Instinct. And I actually think that the album cover might reflect the songs within a little better if the album had been called Animal Instinct. Because they might, I, I'm thinking they might have just gone for a flashy cover that reflects the word, but I'm, I'm, I'm leaving this an open question to our listeners. I don't, I don't know if if this is the uh, best. Well, of course it's the best cover because it is the cover. Yeah, but yeah. I, but I don't know if it's a bit of a a, a a bit misleading or a bit of a red herring as to what this album's going to be about. All right. Okay. And uh, and real quick before we before we get into song number one. Okay. Uh, I want to open up the liner notes of this album and, uh, and discuss. Yeah, crack a open our things. liner notes of our cassette tape. Crack open our liner notes. And we will, and I'd like to, I'd like to just read the personnel of, involved in this album. Oh, yeah, there's been a change up, huh? Uh, no, there hasn't been a change up, but, um, well, I'll, this, it'll become clear what I'm doing here. So it says in the liner notes, it says Def Leppard are Wing Commander, Steve, Steeman, Dreamy, Snicker, Mayhem, PTW, Clark, AHD, Guitars. Then it says Pretty Air straightforward. Com- yeah. <laughs> Air Commodore, Phil, quote, Phoenix, PC, The Guru, Wambo, Tap, Colin, BTH, also guitars. So that was two guys. Uh, <laughs> yep. Then third, Baron. It's not B- ten different guys because they <laughs> there's ten names there, Alex. There's a lot of names. They're getting super into nicknames at this point. Uh, third person listed: Baron Beaverbrook. <laughs> quote <laughs> Sir Richard. Quote Rick. Quote, Sav, Savage, Bass. That's Baron Bre- Baron Beaverbrook. Rick Sav, Savage. Uh, then we get... Is that, a, is that an English title? Baron <laughs> Baron of Beaverbrook? I must be. I mean, it he must, must be, be landed gentry at the very least. I, I, did they have barons in England? I don't want to get into that. Anyway. Um, Joe uh, King Creosote... <laughs> <laughs> quote Joe quote King Creosote comma the diplomat end quote Elliot Joe Elliot King Creosote the diplomat <laughs> yeah. lead vocals uh, and then and then the last person listed it just says civilian Rick quote <laughs> OB oblivion comma dick comma Bushead, comma <laughs> Alan. <laughs> so all these noble titles, and then you get to Rick, and it's civilian Rick, Dick Bushead, Alan yeah. on drums, and then it says all backing vocals losing... by the Bankrupt Brothers, which is just which is just them. I mean, they they're calling themselves the Bankrupt Brothers. Uh, are we are we losing something in the translation? Is that part of like like a Britishism? Like calling a biscuit a cookie? What, the Bankrupt Brothers or, or a Dick cookie, a Bushead? Biscuit? Dick Bushead, yeah. Maybe those, Di- are, maybe those are like uh, are like fancy nicknames. Dick. You think just calling somebody <laughs> Dick in, in England is like I a, mean, it, is I a fancy... I guess it's not as fancy as King Creosote. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. 
but we should also mention another like what what strikes me as so weird about that that he's last and that he has the worst nicknames is that Rick went through a pretty severe tragedy in his life uh, leading up to the recording of this album. While they were starting to record this album, uh-huh. uh, Rick, Lo- Rick Allen, civilian Rick, Dick Bushead Allen. Yeah, uh, what happened to him? Well, he lost one of his arms. Get out of here. Yep, it's true. How, wait, uh, how did he lose it? Well, if you go if you go by the official, like the quote unquote official story, he was like racing somebody on like a country road in his Porsche or whatever, and uh-huh. and he uh, and he drove off the road and uh, lost his arm, like his arm when he was thrown it out of the flew car. Off? Yeah, his arm. I they they want you to believe that his arm was just like ripped off by the seatbelt or some or something. I don't I don't know. Um, I find that a little hard to believe, and I find it like I find it hard to uh, I, I find it hard to swallow that somebody with two of the finest, most precise, strongest instruments in all of rock and roll would just lose one of them, you know, just in a you know in in something like that in a uh, in a car accident. So I, I, I actually, I think it's more likely that, um, that this was some kind of active espionage or that, um, so we're talking uh, about Rick Allen, the drummer of Def Leppard. Yeah. Lost one of his two arms yeah. in a, uh, a racing accident where a seat allegedly, belt, allegedly a seatbelt tore it from his body. Yeah. Um, yeah. did he get reattached? It got reattached. Oh, this is again. This is the official story. It got reattached, but it got infected, and they had to take it off again. But okay. what I think is much more likely is that some kind of, uh, perhaps in retaliation for uh, what they had done to Brezhnev and the and the Soviet Empire uh, oh, that we discussed yeah. on the on the previous album. I think it's. I think if you're just looking at just the facts, it seems much yeah. more plausible to me. That somebody from Russia or uh, the KGB or something um, snuck in like overnight and stole Rick Allen's arm uh, because maybe they maybe they wanted to. I mean, obviously they wanted to reduce the power of the band Def Leppard, but they also maybe thought they could harness its energy or its precision or something like that. That's that's what I that's what I think happened. Yeah, I mean, I'm a fan of just facts and no spin, so I think mm-hmm. the picture that you're telling me that makes perfect sense. Well, yeah, I mean, you're you're rare because a lot of people that's all they want is the they want yeah, they the just spin, they it. want the. They want the narrative, you know. They, they just want, like, honeyed milk poured down their throat. And you yeah, know the, what? That's not what they're going to get here from Till Death Do Us Party. Nope. So, how does he play drums, Alex? Well. Most drummers use, just like, I'm not a musician, so you might have, you're a musician. Dr. Death, please illuminate me. Now, a normal drummer uses both hands. Normal. When you say normal... Um, I mean, you're can average. You not, can you not say normal? Because right, no, that's that's say, fair. I'm being insensitive. Let's let's say uh, let's say two armed drummers. Okay. Uh, two yes, by their very nature, two armed drummers use two arms. Okay. By Rick Allen's one armed drummer nature, he uses one arm. Okay. Uh, and it basically, it just means that he's got 
foot pedals so that he can play more of the drums with his feet. Oh, wow. Uh, okay. But then but then it also he, he has to give that one arm quite quite a workout. I mean, it's uh, it, it is it's impressive to watch him play the amount the amount of things he does with just with just one arm. But also initially he was playing an electronic drum kit. They eventually developed in, in later later albums, a few albums from from Hysteria. He, he will start playing a uh, an acoustic drum kit with pedals where he's he's triggering little hammers that play the drums or, or mallets that play the drums. Right now, basically all he's doing is he's playing an electronic kit um, with foot pedals that trigger drum sounds. So he can trigger all kinds of different sounds and stuff. And you'll notice on this album that the drums have a very, like, uh, amplified electronic sound. At what yeah? At what point was it before they even started recording? Midway through recording, after they recorded, when did he? Uh, when did this happen? Oh, before they'd laid down any drum tracks for any of the okay. final songs, because all the songs have uh, have obviously you know electronic drums and triggered drums. Uh, okay. There's a lot of drum samples and things like that too. Uh-huh. There is there is one other thing in the liner notes that real quick I just want to mention, which is um, there's somebody. As I said before, they'd gotten super into nicknames at this point, perhaps, sure. perhaps because they were trying to, you know, perhaps because they were doing some kind of clandestine work in, in international espionage or something, and they needed a lot of names to go by, because they list a lot of, every, everyone in this, Robert Mutt Lang uh, is listed as Mr. Green Thumb, uh, there's... Uh, Pretty much everybody has has some some nickname attached to them, but then there is a list midway through the liner notes that says it says this brings us to our final list. This list is very special, very special because every once in a while, in a great while, you make an album, especially an album which takes as long as this one has and has suffered as many problems as this one. Uh, obviously referring there to Rick and, 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 and to how long it took them to make this album. Someone comes along who is so important, so influential, so inspiring that he merits his own list. Such a person is Nigel, open quote, Captain Love, Admiral Amor, Oberfer Liebe, Private Parts, Lieutenant Lust, Dictator Reservoir, Grander, No Grammy Giotto, Teaspoon, Shalaga... Shalalug, sorry, Brick, Ayatollah. Oh, yeah, you're right. Shalali. Yeah. Brick, Ayatollah, Soylent, Godfather. Okay, so there's just a million, a million words in there. It goes on for uh, probably a hundred nicknames for this guy, right? Yeah. Included in those nicknames are Thatcher, Reagan, CIA, and Travolta. Whoa. So I think we're, we, we need to start, uh, we, we need to just keep track of, just going to write it down and think about it for the future because we, we, we got to keep mm-hmm. whatever we, uh, we got to figure out, if we can, as many clues towards what they were doing, uh, towards what Def Leppard and their organization was doing to, to help fight the Soviet Empire at this point. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's, uh, let's pull out our little notebook and start taking yeah. down some notes. You gotta have a a special Def Leppard espionage notebook to go with you. Yeah, your... well, that'll be yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where you write everything backwards mm-hmm. in dis in disappearing, reappearing ink. 
So we've covered the liner notes and we've covered the cover. Are you ready to get into the meat of this beast? Yes, I am. Okay, so this album kicks off with a hot track called Women. Wah, 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 wah. Okay, so that's the intro to the first song called Women. Yeah, Women is the kickoff track of Hysteria. An appropriate song because uh, women seem to be the uh, the subject of many of Def Leppard's songs in the past. Well, yeah, the um, the obviously you can look at High and Dry and Pyromania as, as being um, responses to or rejections of women. So yep. when I start up Hysteria, my thought is... Uh, women is this going to be an aggressive angry song about women uh that he feels they've abandoned they've abandoned him or is this going to be uh is he going to try to redeem himself with women with this song those are the those are the questions i would ask you know so should we just hear the should we just hear the first verse and see what see what happens yeah let's crack into that shit all right Wow, that's huge. So that's got to be that's there's no that's not a coincidence that they begin this third album with an almost biblical level uh, track, an right? absolutely biblical level track. So that this album starts with in the beginning. So we have gone from so we left off. We were bleeding on the ground, dying presumably, and yeah, yeah, yeah. and Joe Elliott takes us all the way back to the beginning. In the beginning, God made the land, then he made the water and creatures, then he made man. So we are, yeah, I mean, this is a, he's, for whatever reason, he's taken us all the way back. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're, we're seeing the origin of existence. Yeah. And, and there's got to be a reason. I mean, uh, is this? Are we living in the blink of Joe Elliott's eye or the listener's eye as we lie dying in the rain? That's a good question. That is a great question. Is this just? It's hopefully a question that we'll receive an answer over the course of this album. Yeah. Um, Let's talk about this creature that God has created. He says he's born with a passion, love and hate, a restless spirit. With a need for a mate. Finally, we get to the women part of the song. Am I right? <laughs> a need for a mate is huge. Hearing that from Joe Elliott is huge at this point. Yeah, it's crazy. At this point, he had rejected all women. But there was something missing, something lost. So he came with the answer. 
here's what it cost. Okay, let's uh, let's go ahead and listen to what it cost. Okay, so a woman is made of four parts. Yeah. Uh, at least according to the first verse, the there's a part love. One part love. There's one part wild. One part wild. One part lady. Yep. <laughs> one part child. Sure. I don't know if I'm super comfortable with that last part, but let's just keep moving forward. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it seems like the... Uh, <laughs> I'm just going to say, uh, if I were... If I were if I were mixing up chemically a woman, so, I would want I would want the parts that were lady to outnumber the parts that were child. Personally, that's just <laughs> sure. me. Though. What would be your ratio on that one? <laughs> like what, lady to child? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'd, I'd at least it at least have to be nine parts lady, one part child. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, Maybe that was the original lyric and they thought it was too complicated. They didn't want people to have to do that much math. <laughs> nine parts lady. <laughs> if it went, one part love, one part wild, seven part lady, one part child. Uh, that's sure. if you're going for 10 total. 10 or total they, parts. Yeah, um, but, yeah. Obviously, you're bringing up my favorite thing about this song, which is the idea that the they should have made a music video where the members of Def Leppard are all in lab coats <laughs> and they are like and they're weird, weird sciencing up weird sciencing a woman a woman yeah it's a fucking shame it is a is the greatest travesty that <laughs> is the worst thing that Def Leppard ever did is not create this music video that I wish they made yeah well we could make it. You know what? We can certainly make it. While we're crowdfunding getting Def Leppard to come to my wedding, we could also crowdfund that we make the official real women video. Uh, Maybe where we'll you just... And, where you and I create a woman. <laughs> well, yeah. we don't even have to crowdfund that. We could just do that in our own free time. That's true. Why don't we work on that while we start working on Def Leppard to play your wedding? You and I will, uh, obviously, with some listener, a.k.a. partner's feedback, will put together our own music video where we will act out all the parts for uh, the music video, the official music video for Def Leppard's Women, which I'm guessing will be shown on, uh, what, like MTV, VH1? Who shows music videos anymore? Um, MTV does. That's, okay. that's, what, that's all so, they do. So music television music is going to show... Yeah, it's called music television. Maybe we'll win a uh, MTV video award. What do they call them? BJs? When you win an award? <laughs> yeah, an MTV BJ. That's what is, it's called. That's an award for winning the most award... Uh, making the best video, music video, yeah. right? Okay. Yeah, for making so the most do that. TV music video, yes. So we're going to do that, uh, but... I think we're getting ahead of ourselves because we haven't even finished talking about the song "Women" yet. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's, about okay, the music let's. Video. Let's uh, verse verse two. Let's continue the thing. Well, uh, uh, mm -hmm. and let me just say as an aside, 
I love the idea of our music video, and we'll continue to talk about this for the rest of our lives, but I love the idea of of it starting with the two of us in the Garden of Eden together, like uh-huh. we're both like we're both Adam. And then we yep. have to and then we have to weird science our own Eve. Yep. Um are we in lab coats or do we just have fig leaves over our weenuses? No, we just have we just have fig leaves, but then like nerdy yeah. glasses probably at the same yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know how nerdy you can look. I guess a nerd still has glasses in the yeah. Garden of Eden. In the garden, lust began. Oh shit. The animal instinct, the wanton man, which I used to think was the want to bang. <laughs> and then uh and then she fed him with a hunger think about that Stuart. the line is she fed him with a hunger there's no sustenance in there she's just making him more hungry that yeah i don't get it dude that is uh she it's like that is so poetic because it's like she's filling him up with hunger that he didn't know he had isn't that such a good metaphor for uh, for sexual, for like lust is like it's the idea. It's an amazing that, metaphor, Alex. Yeah, it's great. An appetite and filling with emotion, he took a bite. So mm, I another, what was another, in that bite. Another Garden of Eden uh, uh, reference there. So he takes that bite, and of course, that bite is filled with one part love, one part child, one part lover, one part wild. I don't think that's weird. You can't have love as two parts. Yeah, uh, well, I think they're they're making a distinction between one part love, like like motherly love or uh, or oh. family style love, <laughs> like Olive Garden. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's four parts because you have four people attending this meal at Olive <laughs> yeah. Garden. Yeah, you got a family style uh, pasta bowl. Uh, yep. That's that's love, but then like a shared salad or <laughs> is lover. Uh, where 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 do you find the unlimited breadsticks? Is that the one part wild? That's definitely one part wild. Because <laughs> they're okay. like unlimited. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, that's that's insane. Yeah. Uh, so, but we still got that that unfortunate and problematic one part child in there. We still got still got a quarter of this woman <laughs> is his child. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's all right. I mean, it's shouldn't right. they just do, like, one part mild? <laughs> like, you can have one part mild. That's better than child. Yeah, yeah. One part love, one part mild. One part lover, that's, one that's part fine. wild. Yeah, I mean, you. it doesn't sound sexy in a rock song sort of way to say that someone is yep, unlike one part child. Mild. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. You're totally yeah, right. There's nothing You're cooler totally right. and more rock and roll than being like, there's a child here. No, <laughs> you raise a good point, though. I think in the context of 80s rock songs, it, like ch- the fact that child is appropriate and mild <laughs> would be weird. Is, says it says a lot about about the mentality of uh, of dudes writing '80s rock songs. So uh, so we repeat that chorus. I give you women, women, lots of pretty women. Uh, yep. And then we have the lead into the guitar solo, which um, I, I'm going to play as much as the guitar solo as we can. As we can. As uh, we're legally allowed. As we can to legally sure. fit in here, but I want to get that. Um, <laughs> We've got this uh, little breakdown, the skin-on-skin breakdown, which I think is oh, essential. Man. Essential lep right here. Here we go. 
is one of my favorite Def Leppard solos and I love that it that it happens so early on in this record. It's got that cool little um really dissonant walk down the um it's just and really then it, it builds back up. It goes do 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 yep. do. It's it's awesome. That is a that is an incredible solo. Uh and then let's see. So skin on skin let the love begin. Then we've got. Uh, after we have a that, slightly more. We we have a, a slightly longer description of what makes a woman. You know, it's once again one part love, one part wild, one part lover, one part child. Of mm-hmm. course, they bring that back, and then a whole lot of fire. Oh wow! Oh uh, shit! Wow! So it's only been one part of all these other things, and now it's a, a whole, whole lot, lot of, of fire. fire. Which is not a surprise. They keep going back to burning uh, imagery. Yeah. A little, a little bit of ice. Mm-hmm. That's so you get a reaction. You don't want, yeah, you don't want too much ice. Yeah. A whole lot of something you can't sacrifice. Uh, Alex, what is that something? That is just, I think that line just reflects the mystery of, of sexuality. Of, this is a very, like, um, there's the fact that they're combining, like, all this, like, sex and lust-related talk with a biblical story of the creation of women. It's got a very, like, overall, this has a very sacred sensuality kind of... It's reflecting the mystery of sexual attraction by saying that it's something that I can't even describe. A whole lot of something you, you wouldn't... You wouldn't... Now that you've seen how sexy a woman can be, you wouldn't sacrifice it. But there's just a whole lot of something there that we don't even know what it is. We don't know yeah, if it's one lots. part. We don't know if it, if it's part of the child part. We don't know if it's part of the <laughs> lover part. We don't know if it's part of the wild part. Um, I don't know. I think if you're going to get rid of a part, get rid of yeah, a child part. Of, yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> I agree with you there. Yeah. But I'm saying they don't know. They don't know which part it, it is. That's um, Yeah, that's great. Uh, what's the? Do you have? Uh, do you have the next? Uh, the next breakdown queued up? Or can, I, I, I do, and I really, and I really want to. Um, I really want to play it, and I really want to okay, talk about do. it really badly right after I play it. So here we go. Okay, I think everybody's already thinking this, right? What's that smell? (laughs) (laughs) It's a question on the tip of everyone's tongue right now. What's that smell, Alex? (laughs) Ooh, can't you smell that smell? Yeah. Uh, It's not smell. It's not smell, Okay, but that's what he says. That's not what he says. Okay, what does he actually say? I know why you're confused, because it... It is a con- it is a confusing uh it it's like a he says 
let's just go through these words. He says, hair, eyes, skin on skin, legs, then the backing vocals cry out, legs, thighs, thighs. Then he says, what's that spell? He says, what's that spell? <laughs> That's crazy. It doesn't sound like that at all. Now. But what does that spell? Uh, well, it spells Hesselta. Okay. Uh, which, it's the right number of letters for women. Uh-huh. So I actually, I've, I've gone through different languages and tried to figure out what language. Because I think it sounds like they're doing a kind of acrostic thing. Okay. When you say what's that spell, it's like when you're doing a when you're a cheerleader and you're and you're like you know H for hustle blah 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 and then you get to the end of it and you what's that spell and it spells high school or whatever. Uh, in this case, <laughs> yep, <laughs> they have that great cheer when you're <laughs> when you're at a football game and the cheerleaders are making you a spell seven. and they're H- like what's that spell and you're like high, high school, school high school. <laughs> yeah, well I'm sorry. Did you not go to high school? Stuart. I apparently not, because <laughs> that's all, I was. I was. That's all we did. All we did was shout out high school, high school, high school. Now, uh, hair, eyes, skin on skin, legs, thighs. <coughs> uh, I like. I, I want to believe that there's some language out there that in which the those words in that language spell women out, but. In English, they don't. And it's like they planned on changing that to an acrostic, and then they were like, ah, whatever. I don't care. What's that spell? Uh, it's, it spells women, somehow. Magically. Uh, perhaps in an ancient biblical language. I actually haven't looked this up in, like, Aramaic or, or Hebrew or... Yeah, so. uh, you probably want to, dude. I, I think do. I do. Would... I do. Now that I've thought about it, I absolutely do. Yeah. So, okay, maybe the next time we record an episode, you'll be able to tell me what that spells. Yep, or what that smells. I would love to know what that smell is. So, so what? What did uh, you? So you've always thought that it that he said, "What's that smell?" Uh huh. And what did you imagine he was saying right there? He's talking like, about the like natural pheromones that a woman oh, gives off, right? From her what's body. That, what's that smell? Like, like she's nearby. What, oh my god. Yeah. When you're smelling her hair, her eyes, her skin on your skin, Mm -hmm. her legs and thighs, what's that smell? Or like you're moving up the legs to the thighs, and then you're like, what's that smell? (laughs) I didn't even think about that. Legs. That makes sense. That's a natural trajectory of your uh, your time with a woman. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Great. Great. But that's not what he says, because it's spelled. Okay, yeah. No, um, no, no. It, it created a different picture, but that's fine. So uh, anything else on the song Women, Alex? Where else do we go from let's here? Let's see. I don't, I, I, don't ha- I don't really have much more to say uh, about it, except uh, uh, if I can, uh, hopefully without being too repetitive, I just, I just want to say that, again, it's super significant that coming from the cliffhanger that we left off at the end of Pyromania, that we are now going to an almost religious celebration of female sexuality, something that he has been like running away from and scared of and angry at for all of this time. So uh, I I think the fact that we're going back to a sort of Genesis type story reflects, uh, I think reflects that he's, uh, that he's rethinking this uh, unchecked masculinity that he's been celebrating in these other albums. Yeah, absolutely. You know, right out the gate, 
we got a banger on our hands. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, women, <laughs> women is huge. It's an incredible, it's a, and it's incredible a, it's song. a, it's a huge part of their live show even today, right? Yes, like, it is. People, people hear this. Literally fifty percent of the audience wants to hear this, and that's the women <laughs> in the audience. They just want to hear this song all about them. Yep. Um, and the, at the chorus of this song, they go around. They have cameras wandering around the crowd, and they show they show women on the jumbotron while they play this song in the chorus. When it says "women, yeah. women," it flashes different women yeah. from around the from around the crowd. Man, that's great. Yeah. What, what, a, what, what a band. A, what an inclusive moment for everybody. Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah, very, very gender neutral. <laughs> so this has been great, Alex, but I think it's time for us to wrap up. Yeah. Uh, we've already talked about, uh, we've talked about women. Next uh, next time we get together, we'll talk about the rest of the tracks on Hysteria. Okay. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we got through one song on this We got on through this one great song. Uh, that's going to leave plenty of delicious treats for the next time we sit down for a meal. Uh, as usual, I'm Stuart Wellington. You can normally find me on the Flophouse podcast. That's my side project where we, it's a comedy podcast about where we talk about movies. You can also find me on the Twitter at FlophouseCat. Mm-hmm. And, and you, Dr. Def, where can we find you? You can find me on uh, Twitter at, at Lydia Burrell. That's uh, that's my that's my band, but I should really set up a Twitter account for Doctor Def, uh, so mm-hmm. that so that people can follow me without follow me without having to worry about me trying to promote my band in their timeline. Uh, Definitely, but, you should do that. But uh, Lydia Burrell is uh, like a woman's name uh, with two R's and two L's in Burrell, and then uh, I also make videos under the name Hal Dottie on YouTube. Check those out, uh, and that's it i think for me at the moment (laughs) okay uh don't forget to keep planning those nuptials so we have to work on uh making sure we can set up that fund where we can get dev lever to come play your wedding yes and uh then you and i have to set up that fund of our input to slapping together this music video we've been talking about yep oh i thought of one more i thought of one more thing so i've been hosting a karaoke night Oh, great. Um, in Louisville, Kentucky. If you're anywhere near Louisville, Kentucky, where I live, uh, please come to the bar, the Zanza Bar, uh, on March 4th. This should be up by March 4th. Uh, on March 4th for my next uh, Hoot and Holler karaoke night, uh, where we do, um, we have a we, we have a wheel of death where you spin the wheel. There's 60 songs. And the wheel picks a song for you to sing. Uh, if you do that, you get a taco. You can also pick whatever song you want to sing. But it's great. We got a great sound system. You get to sing up on a stage. Uh, we've we've had great. We've done it twice before. We've had great crowds that have really uh, surprisingly enjoyed the hell out of a bunch of strangers singing karaoke. And uh, it's been a, it's really been a great fun. response. It, it's it is a blast. And uh, so I I. I recommend uh you come into that if you're anywhere in this area and if you like karaoke even if you don't like karaoke it's still pretty fun and pretty funny and there's tacos and if uh and at at this uh karaoke night if you go up and you request to sing the song women by Def leopard alex will buy you a beer and a shot okay yeah sure i think <laughs> i'll reimburse you <laughs> okay all right great yeah great <laughs> 
Hooray. So thanks for tuning in, uh, and we'll catch you next time on Till Death Do Us Party. Yeah, and we'll try to do more than one song. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not likely. <laughs> Thank you! Thank you!